Hey, intrepid listeners, this is Kayla Berry, producer of the Midnight Marinara podcast. I'm starting up a podcast called The Artistry, bringing you insight into the art and entertainment industry. This will be a bi-monthly podcast where I interview artists, YouTubers, podcasters, actors, and other types of creative professionals, offering advice and ideas on how to become a part of the creative field. My first interview will actually be with Midnight Marinara creator and my boyfriend, David King. It'll be coming out this Saturday on April 2nd. However, until then, you can check out my other social media pages, such as the forums page, which is the-artist-tree.boards.net, my Facebook page, facebook.com slash theartistry, on one word, and also you can check out my Twitter and Tumblr. I will be going under the moniker CanaryTRobot, so my Twitter handle will be at CanaryTRobot, and my Tumblr is canary T-robot.tumblr.com. Thanks again. You ever wonder if, like, um, undercooked analysis is kind of like Rick and Morty? Oh, we're going to have to do another cold opening because I haven't watched Rick and Morty at all. Okay, we'll do another cold <laughs> <laughs> That could be our cold Fine. opening right there. <laughs> okay, uh, for for just to explain, I, I just binged uh, Rick and Morty. I'm all cut up. Holy fuck, it's such a good show. Literally, the reason I mentioned that is because um, uh, you do you, okay. Do you do you at least know who uh, Justin Roiland is? No. Oh, you're killing me, man! You're killing me. I haven't followed this Rick and Morty stuff at all. Okay, Lemon Grab. Don't watch Adventure Time. You. Mm. I actually don't like Adventure Time. Or Stephen here. Welcome to Undercooked Analysis, the show where everything is made up. And the points don't matter. And this is unacceptable! Well, anyhow. Uh, I'm your host, Dead Pallet, and here's my co-host, David King. Uh, no, no. We're not doing this, no. <laughs> no. Last time, it ended badly, and it ended with a lot of mop duty. <laughs> We're not doing that again. I'm the host. You are the co-host. Deal with it! Good. I have no pithy okay. rejoinder. Good, thank you. So th- dominance has been reestablished. So we are here tonight. I'm still the top. <sighs> We're not supposed to talk about that on the podcast. It's okay, babe. Just, just you're sleeping on the couch. Okay, so and we're so gonna. So are you? <laughs> Under me. <laughs> <laughs> You were, you were, (laughs) (laughs) this is the gayest. Okay. So there was a, there was a, um, you were, that reminds me of a, you were telling me about some, some hentai or something where, and this amused me to no end where like two of the characters are having sex and one of them like has been doing it so much, like gets exhausted and basically passes out on top. Oh yeah. Take on me. It's one take on me. Is it by Aha? <laughs> no, but I love that song. This should be. The, is it the theme song? No, it's a it's a comic. Missed opportunity. It should be the theme song of the comic. <laughs> yes. So 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 that sounds so, that sounds intriguing though. So just take on me. 
someone gets stuck under someone else post post coitus and just like, oh, I guess this is where I'm stuck tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we are we are still kind of I guess recovering from uh, from happy puppet syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is, we uh, uh we wanted to talk about because we brought it up during Happy Puppet Syndrome. We want to talk about uh, Gateway of the Mind. Which uh, both of us have read before, I'm pretty sure. Yes, I absolutely love this story. This is a good one. We're good. I, I I hate to go into it with preconceived notions, but you can't. I, I'm sorry. This is my show, and because it's my show, I want to actually do showcase stories I like on occasion, not always go into it blind. We're gonna definitely talk about it, and we're gonna you know give it the usual scrutiny we give just about everything else, and probably as the opening illustrated, crack the same stupid jokes, but um. It should be a good read for a change. I'm kind of excited about this one. And we can we can then kind of if we wanted to, we could do a little bit of a cross comparison to Yeah, that's uh, probably a good idea. Know, yeah, to Happy Puppet Syndrome. Because I imagine that when we release this, it's gonna be quick on the heels of uh, of that last one. Yep. So So how about we just get right into this one? Alright. Um I'm gonna start this one. Okay. Alright. In nineteen eighty three a team of deeply pious scientists conducted a radical experiment in an undisclosed facility. The scientists had theorized that a human without access to any senses or ways to perceive stimuli would be able to perceive the presence of God. Mmm, I like it already. Are we doing two paragraphs or one? Let's do one. Okay. They believe that the five senses clouded our awareness of eternity, and without them, a human could actually establish a contact with God, uh, by thought, an elderly man who claimed to have nothing left to live for was the only test subject to volunteer. To purge him of all of his senses, the scientists performed a complex operation in which every sensory nerve connected to the brain was surgically severed. Although the test subjects retained full muscular function, he could not see, hear, taste, smell, or feel with no possible way to communicate uh, communicate, or even sense the outside world, he was alone with his thoughts. There's an asterisk there after severed, but I can't see. Let's see where that asterisk goes to. There's a, there's a footnote. There's a footnote at the bottom. Oh, nice. Do we want to read the footnote now, or should we save it? Uh, I think we should save it as, as the end. Okay. It can, it can be the epitaph, just like the other story had one. <laughs> yes. All right, cool. But, uh... I'm, I'm already noticing something that I can critique, though. Which we is? were going after that other story, Happy Puppet Syndrome, for not having uh, details of the outside world. Hey, here we don't have that either. Right. We don't know who these deeply pious scientists are. We don't know who's giving the account. We don't know the person who uh, had nothing to live for, who sacrificed their body to science and God or whatever. Right. We we can maybe assume that it has to do with uh, Buddhism or Zen Buddhism because uh, the idea of the five senses clouding your awareness of uh, you know eternity and everything is a Buddhist idea. Right. Although in Buddhism there is not usually a singular god. Although they no. could be using this sort of well, term they, they god yeah. as a catch-all. Yeah. You know? they, that's the thing too is. You get people like Einstein talking about God and stuff, and he doesn't really, mm-hmm. he doesn't mean white guy with a beard. 
You know it's been a good year for Einstein because of the gravity waves thing, so I'm glad you brought him up. <laughs> <laughs> that guy knew his shit. It's been a bad year for Einstein because he's dead. It's been several bad years for Einstein in that case. <laughs> Quite a few. Well, I mean, who knows? We don't know what it's like being dead. But uh, we're about to find out as if we continue reading. Well, this is basically like being dead, right? <laughs> when you're all your... God, that is fucking creepy, though. Like, even picturing that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, the idea of being alive but having none of your senses. Yeah, it um, it reminds me of that point, that part from the movie The Thing. When there's that, Ooh. when they're like uh, flame throwing that one that's out in the snow, uh-huh. and he just like explodes, and he's just like, Rah! and it's just like he's been taken over by this alien being, uh-huh. and it's just like this existential screechy noise that's awful. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Oh God! Yeah, yeah, of course. Jeez. Yeah. Oh. Ugh. Creeping ourselves out. Yeah, and that's well, so and that's many... the feeling uh, of, that a creepy pasta should evoke is that weird, like, uh, uh, the universe is big and we don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. It's the it's it's the unknown that's supposed to be scary, you know. Yeah, not that's not the serial killer that's outside your window. There's a serial killer outside my window. Should I check? Um, yes, you should. Definitely be afraid of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> sneeze incoming. Oh, this spooked me. Jump scared. <laughs> All right, uh, let's 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 keep going. I'm just saying here the one. Okay, I, I totally agree with that that you know minor that critique there, but at the same time, at least this feels again more like an account written by a more uh, like holistic uh, like person. It does feel like it's something that would be written more like by either a scientist or a someone involved who's just taking notes i don't know it does feel like someone wrote this from a maybe like a conspiracy theorist perspective right it's it's an account yeah yeah it it makes it more uh more believable i want to say or or at least fits more with the the context of it being about a science experiment you know you know who this kind of and, and I don't know too much about him, but it kind of reminds me of this. Kind of reminds me of like Joe Rogan or someone like that who would like mm-hmm. talk about like the experience of doing mushrooms or something like that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where they're like, oh, it's this intense experience where you're blah blah blah, and it, it kind of evokes that feeling. Yeah, I kind of I kind of get that too. So uh, so now I'm just going to imagine this is in Joe Rogan's really raspy voice. I can't. I, I I'm not even going to try and do that. Impression. No, no, it's too hard. <laughs> All right. Scientists monitored him as he spoke aloud about his state of mind in jumbled, slurred sentences that he couldn't even hear. After four days, the man claimed to be hearing hushed, unintelligible voices in his head. Assuming it was an onset of psychosis, the scientists paid little attention to the man's concerns. But, like, shouldn't you be paying attention to anything he says, especially if you're a pious scientist? Well, I think what they're trying to say is they're assuming that that's Mm. what's happening. And I think that that'd be a safe assumption from my layman perspective. I would be like, oh, it's probably he's probably just going insane, isn't he? That's a good point. Yeah. So I, I mean, it is an experiment, and he did volunteer for it. So yeah. Uh, two days uh, later, the man cried out that he could hear the uh, hear the voice of his dead wife speaking with him. Even more, he could communicate back. The scientists were intrigued, but not convinced until their subjects started naming dead relatives of the scientist. He repeated personal information to the scientist. 
that only the dead spouses and parents would have known. At this point, a sizable portion of the scientists left the study. So that, <laughs> that um, the, the last time we had scientists leaving the stu- leaving the the project or whatever, it was not explained with maturity as it is here. So it's just like this is just like a moral objection, and they're just like, okay, well, this is too weird for us. We don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But we're want, we want to back out of this. They could have. It could also be that they recounted, uh, you know, really. Yeah, you know, they said personal details, right? Yeah. So it could have been some stuff that they would rather have not have been said aloud, you know? Yeah. It, 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 whatever it was, it made them very uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I think I, I, something about the way that those sentences are structured—a longer sentence and then a shorter sentence—it just has the the punch of we're uncomfortable. We're gone, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It 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 definitely rings that it definitely rings that way, and it, it feels better just all around than the same than a similar motivation in uh in Happy Puppet Syndrome. Yeah, where it's like they left, and we're assuming that they're dead, and it's just like puts a kind of sour note on it. Yeah, but these guys no, they just left the project because they just it weirded them out. It would weird anybody out, I assume. And they don't. I would feel like they I was don't on... really. They don't have a way to communicate with the with the man either. Come to think of it, so he's probably just shouting things out, and certain scientists in the area are hearing it. You know. Yeah, he's not saying anything back, so they're not saying anything back to him. Uh huh. But we're we're kind of getting the 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 nice little doubting Thomas into accepting that there's something here that we don't know. If I was in this situation, I would be like, I'm on a hidden camera show, aren't I? You know what oh, I mean? You know what I mean? You would kind of get that right. paranoia. Yeah, you would you would start looking around like, okay, so where's the where's the where's the joke? When is the old man going to reveal that he's just a really good actor? Yeah. Yeah. Uh after a week of conversing with the deceased through his thoughts, the subject became distressed, saying the voices were overwhelming. In every waking moment, his consciousness was bombarded by hundreds of voices. They refused to leave him alone. He frequently threw himself against the wall, trying to elicit a pain response. He begged the scientists for sedatives so he could escape the voices by sleeping. The tactic worked for three days until he started having severe, se- severe night terrors. The subject repeatedly said that he could see and hear the deceased in his dreams. Oof, that's good. Um, I, until this point, was assuming that because of this procedure, they kind of like had him laying down on a bench. I'm, I, yeah. I remember that there were the first time I read it where it was like, I'm assuming this guy is strapped down and and hooked to like diodes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, right? and shit. Where you know how how are you going to sever that? And that's a practical yeah. problem that maybe should be explored. But this is mm-hmm. less on the real side of creepypasta, the the realism side, and more on the um, strange fiction side. So maybe I'm, I'm a- more affording in that. Right, yeah. I, I I wouldn't think someone who could has all their senses Rob would be, even be able to walk, let alone or or move at all, let alone you know. Well, there there. Well, there wait, okay, to, move, but like your mind is still functioning, so I'm assuming that he would be able to move, just not knowing what's happening. Yeah. But in the same way, in the same way that he would still be able to talk until eventually that muscle memory leaves, mm-hmm. until his his memory of doing that leaves. Right. Right. Uh, anything else to say uh, on this? No, it's uh, this is 
this is solid. It's actually it is it it it's genuinely it's genuinely engaging. I find. Yeah. And hmm, what do you think is giving it that engaging aspect that Happy Puppet Syndrome didn't have? Um, it it has details and it's building in a realistic. It's it's building. It it's paced well. It's building in a manner where you can kind of see. You might have a sense of what's coming. Things are getting progressively worse, but it's handled in a way that's more elegant. Uh, spoilers: the ending doesn't have a political message. There's that too. So the the author isn't racing to get to the end. Yeah, it's like I said, it's not rushed. Yeah. And the other thing is, the other story, even though it was rushing, did not feel rushed in that it actually felt way too slow. Yeah, because it was giving you a bunch of details, but not ones that helped it. Not ones that matter. No. Like here, every detail you get is is kind of an important detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cease in his dreams. One day later, the subject began to scream and claw at his non-functioning eyes, hoping to sense something in the physical world. The hysterical subject now said the voices of the dead were deafening and hostile, speaking of hell and the end of the world. At one point, he yelled, No heaven, no forgiveness, for five hours straight. Oh shit, that's some cold chills right there. Oh yeah. He continued to beg to be killed, but the scientists were convinced that they were close to establishing contact with God. Ooh, that's good. That it's like just just leave them on there a little bit longer, you know. This man is clearly suffering. No, he volunteered for this. We're so close. That's good. We're so close. There's tension. What about what he's experiencing? No, we have to keep going. It's like what about what he's experiencing? Yeah, it's fucking metal. <laughs> uh, it's great. Oh, the demons! I see the demons! It's like, cool. Describe them. I need something from my metal album cover. Oh, God. The scientist gig isn't paying the bills. (laughs) Uh, Here we go. After another day, the subject could no longer form coherent sentences. Seemingly mad, he started to bite off chunks of flesh from his arm. They always resort to this. The scientists (laughs) rushed into the test chamber and restrained him to a table so he could not kill himself. See, I thought they, they would have done that before. After a few hours of being tied down, the subject halted his struggling and screaming. He stared blankly at the ceiling as teardrops silently streaked down his fa- across his face. For two weeks, the subject had to be manually rehydrated due to the constant crying. Eventually, he turned his head and, despite his blindness, made focused eye contact with a scientist for the first time in the study. He whispered, I have spoken with God, and he has abandoned us, and his vital signs stopped. Ooh, that's good! Ooh! There was no apparent cause of death. Fuck. Those last sentences are great. That's the punch. That's it. That's what you need. And that's the thing, too, is it really builds that punch with a number of sentences. So it's like, eventually he turned his head, despite the blindness, made focus eye contact. It's like... Ooh, and then it's just like I've spoken with God. Ooh, He's abandoned us. Ooh, I'm Ooh. dead. No reason. Thank you. Oh, it's fucking yes. good. Ooh. Oh, oh, <laughs> uh. I knew I had to go there. Yes. Um. All right, we're gonna get to that footnote at the end. Yeah. Follow up right. study. Two thousand. Oh, Doctor girlfriend. At, 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 Oh, that's all you wanted to do there? Yeah. Okay, because it's my turn. So, Dr. Girlfriend, Department of Neurology. 
hospital name withheld. We, we San should, Francisco. We should say that it's Dr. GF. Dr. GF. But I kind of like the idea that it's Dr. Girlfriend. Department of Neurology. <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco, California. Recent study, study of a degenerative disease which targets the motor function and cognitive decline often leads to hallucinations of the deceased. The death of targeted cells and chemicals in the brain by the disease leads to a loss of smell, among other senses. The cause of the disease is unknown. Hallucinations present, present in 39.8% of the patients, falling into three categories. A cessation of a presence, person. A sideways passage, commonly of an animal. Sideways passage, commonly of an animal. Or illusions, present in 25.5% of patients, an isolated occurrence of 14.3%, formed visual hallucinations present in 22.2%, isolated in 9.3%, and auditory hallucinations present in 9.7%, isolated in 2.3%. Continuing study in San Francisco, California, 2003 to present. Wonderful. Yeah. So if we go back up to the foot, what, what it's doing a footnote on, it was that thing about... Uh, where, where was it? Oh, surgically severing all of the sensory connections. And that's and that's the crux of the story, because that's what needs to be realistic for this to be grounded. And so uh -huh. they're really grounding this here. Yeah, actually, that's really cool. And I don't remember that part for some reason. I don't remember this part when I read it the first time. Do you think this was added? No, I, I vaguely remember this. I think I've forgotten about it, though. Because you really mm -hmm. don't, you don't need to read it. You just need to see that it's there. It's like follow-up study it's like cool it happened it's real <laughs> <laughs> i like that it gives us i try it gives it it up with withholds the names of stuff but it gives you just enough it's that it's the uh, scp foundation effect mm -hmm. and i'm cool with that i'm cool with this detail yeah and this is giving us information that we need with this epitaph with this footnote that the other story happy puppet syndrome did not it's footnote told us Alaska and that's all the information we got from it. We did, we didn't need anything else apart from where it told us that the letter was there for some reason. And we could have known that it was in Alaska from the person writing this shit fucking happened in Alaska anyway, you know, <laughs> are you making fun of Alaskans? <laughs> uh, Is that what you're doing? Well, they can see Russia. <laughs> At least one of them can. <laughs> yeah. She has particularly uh, good eyesight. <laughs> oh man okay so i really this what is there to be said about this story more than it's just good it i like it paces it. itself and its goal is very clear from the outset the goal mm -hmm. of the other story is mixed up and the person who wrote it probably doesn't know what their real exact goal was mm -hmm. the person who wrote this story uh wrote it with a goal of, I want to give people cold chills. I love the idea that we, we it comes full circle. What's the goal of this experiment? Speak with God. See if you can perceive God. End of the story, I have spoken with God and he has abandoned us. Mm. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a great bitch lamp. It's a... Mm -hmm. <laughs> bitch lamp. <laughs> And that was a fist pump. That was like a fist pump on my part, but I mean, seriously. Uh, <laughs> I love it. It, it. it is filled with really great images, 
we we get a good idea of what this lab looked like. You know, uh-huh. we don't know ethnicity, and mm. uh, we don't exactly know time either. But no. here's what we do know: what the inside of the lab looked like. Uh, we knew what was going on with the subject, which is the center of our attention. So we know the whole uh, him screaming, no heaven, no forgiveness for five hours straight. The He needs to be manually rehydrated because he's crying when he's strapped down to a table. We know him throwing himself up against a, a wall. And I get the feeling that it's like white tiled wall. And he's like yeah. breaking it with blood dripping down it. Oh, you know, that, the visuals. that detail doesn't even need to be said. But I'm betting you had the same visual in your head, didn't you? Something close to that, yeah. yeah. Very sterile. Very, very sterile. Uh, like I could, like I almost picture it like uh, you know how, um, like when they when um, med students like you, you know they have operating like auditoriums. Yeah, yeah. Where you can sit around in seats and take notes while uh, you know a doctor performs an operation, um, or something along those lines. A surgeon performs an operation. So I just picture people standing around in this round room and in the middle of this old man. And it's sort of there's a like it's like an arena and they're 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 there taking notes while while all this is happening. And I just I love that detail. It's got that like cold, almost aperture science kind of feel to it. Yeah. And it's that there is all of these great images. It just really pulls it together. And again, we're talking about the pacing here. The pacing is absolutely excellent. So any of the gripes that we were pulling out of this. Mm-hmm. When we read it, like not trying to be scrutinizing it, we didn't even really notice these things because it was so well put together. You know, it hides its weakness as well. This is true. And it's uh, like that was only the only really that was like the only gripe we could I could put in this story or I could see us putting in this story. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not even a big one. No, because it, it tackles everything else so well. Who do we know who wrote this? Is there a credit? Uh, I'm not seeing a credit. Uh, Let's, this will be research we have to do. But we could go down to the comments and see what people uh, have said All about right. this one. Maybe they'll they'll be a little more charitable. Uh, the first one, and this was ten ga- day, days ago. But oh god, by Sonic the Werehead, the Werehog, Eve. Uh, this creepypasta is incredibly underrated. It's creepy, thought-provoking, and written like a cold Wikipedia article, which works very well. It almost reminds me of... Wait for it. The Russian, the Russian Secret Experiment. Experiment. Oh, shit. Um, oh, great story. 10 out of 10. I wouldn't say that this one is underrated. I think it is rated well. I think a lot of people like this story. Yes. It is definitely a classic. But, I've seen it um, come up a lot. Th- this analysis is very true. It's creepy. It is not provoking it's not provoking because it's not telling you how to feel or what to think or giving you a moral it is allowing you to explore this issue all of these images explore the issue you know what i mean mm-hmm. you watch um a movie that i think does have a sort of uh political opinion like uh texas chainsaw massacre it has all of this gross imagery of like meat and stuff and Toby Hooper, the guy who uh, directed it and I believe wrote it too, yeah. um, said that he went vegan in the duration of making the movie. <laughs> but I can watch it as a meat eater and not be upset and, and think, oh, he's preaching to me. 
because he wasn't. He was just saying, this is my expression. This is, yep. this is what I have come to through making this movie. And what I'm getting out of it is the perspective of another human being because he's not yelling at me. Don't eat meat. Don't eat meat. Instead. He's like, here's how I view eating meat. You see the difference. Yep. You know the difference. Yeah, no, no, exactly. There's, 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 there's offering your perspective, and then there's trying to shove your perspective down other people's throats. And it, it feels I'm, so much more genuine when you're trying you to have explore a message, it. If you have a message and you want to give it, filter it through yourself. I don't try to, uh, here's why I think this. Maybe not why, here's why you should think this. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, again, Happy Puppet Syndrome's problem. Yeah, it, it just, that, it, that absolutely ruined it. And it could have been something. It could have. We we've said we said it before, uh, and I I you know this is the, I, the last I really want to talk about Happy Puppet Syndrome because you know what it's forgettable and we should just go we should forget about it and it, move it's, on. It's gotten traction though, in uh, which makes which Mike like a lot of stories makes me sad. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Is you can look at you know it's the um, the Godwin's law of creepypasta that Jeff the Killer always has to be brought up, but uh, Jeff oh god Jeff the Killer. Jeff's law. Yeah, it doesn't uh, rush itself in the same way the Happy Puppet Syndrome did. Because Jeff the Killer actually wanted to explore the issue and be like, here's this character and here's the problems that he's gone through and all of this stuff. It it had a message, but it wasn't preachy even. No, you, th- there is there. You can say that about Jeff. Yeah. And, and so like if Jeff the Killer is getting something right that you're getting wrong. Mm. (laughs) here's another comment oh boy i always interpreted god differently sometimes i read the story and thinking uh he is god sometimes i read it thinking he is just a powerful alien or some cthulhu type cute creature who is the main connection to the other side to mess with people and this is Mm -hmm. by samantha garrison and i kind of like this comment it's really dealing with the idea of uh do we really need to have it spelled out for us whose God this is or what? And if we did have the detail of where this was taking place, would that hurt this story? Is it better that it's nebulous and we don't know whose God it is? I think that it works to, I think that's, I think that works out uh, better. Cause I like that they don't specify, although, you know, I don't know what the perspective of the guy is, but we're only getting one old man's perspective, you know? And even then, it's barely intelligible. So when he starts screaming about no heaven, no forgiveness, and also the images of hell yeah. and suffering. It's also, whatever this thing is, could be showing him these images in such a way that he would be able to understand and relate. Right. It's filtered through. It's still filtered through his perception. Yeah. We still don't know. Like, someone brought up in the comments, like, Lol, how do you communicate with God if God has already abandoned you? Is it like, oh, hey, God. And God's like, oh, hi, I abandoned you. Bye. And I'm like, that's what a way to take the punch out of it. I think it's more profound than that, whatever this guy experienced. You know? Yeah. And and, that's... and probably hard to put in words, especially if you're dealing with a, co- uh, you know, a cosmic entity that uh, created the universe, potentially. <laughs> Or is the universe, or whatever. And, you know, it, it, it's just important that that kind of thing be filtered through someone's flawed perspective. 
Yeah. Because then you get into that problem that people complain about with HP Lovecraft, where he's like, it's an unknowable horror beyond description. Uh, someone failing to describe an unknowable horror beyond description is enough. Because if mm-hmm. you're getting this idea that, oh, I can't describe it. It was that fucked up. It's kind of like this with that. It, that's wonderful. That's great. There, you're, you're being a good writer and being descriptive and using metaphor and, and these sorts of things. So you can't use it's hard to describe as an out for good writing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do know what you mean. It, um, it's, it's, it, it's a structured thing, you know? Yeah. Cause otherwise it's just like, there was this cool monster outside my bedroom. It was really that's hard to I, describe. That's why I, I get bored a lot of the, the kind of stories that say, and the monster was thin and gray and had no, you know, had huge teeth. And I'm like, you know, after a while, that just image gets really old. It does. Uh, and there's there's a certain point where I, I start to read a story when they start to describe a specific entity and explain how horrifying it was. And I start to see a lot of the same traits. That's when I begin to lose interest. I like part of the reason I like this one so much is it's a flawed perspective from a very flawed perspective, trying to perceive something huge and only being able to couch it in very simple terms that are very still very cryptic and very effective. So, yeah, it's this is using a very common idea of like someone going insane, but it's written as in a real account where the person really sat down and thought through what would this person say? So like no heaven, no forgiveness. That is one of those things where you could hear it everywhere, but you don't. If that makes any sense, that that sentiment can be expressed in so many different places. But it's you, you don't hear it in those words, you know, or not for five hours straight. Yeah. Least. And they're just like it's the setting of that person saying that and expressing it in that way. It's so very couched in the situation. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> wow. Talking this is this is not even <laughs> any contest. Fresh as fuck. Nope. We that I think we needed this. This was cathartic. Yeah, this story explains everything that was wrong with that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, do we even need to give it a freshness rating? This is a classic. It's, it's loaded down with preservatives. It will always be fresh. It's so fresh. It'll stay fresh until the after the bombs fall, and you'll find it, and maybe get a couple of rads, but you'll be okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, man, man. I, i'm glad so, we did this yeah i feel so much better <laughs> about everything and this, despite the fact that god has abandoned us yeah who cares it's no big deal <laughs> um we actually went this whole thing without self-congratulating ourselves too much i'm proud of us i think we we needed this after getting mad at that one and self-congratulating ourselves that much on that one we needed to do it a lot just to prove how much better we are. Yes. I'm still recording, by the way. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm fully aware. Go um, check out Yuki. And continue to listen to this Midnight Marinara. And hey, while I'm thinking about it, the Pick Your Path podcast that I do with Andrew Lindy and Matt Benson, where we do uh, we've written choose your own adventure stories in podcast form. 
So you can jump to different chapters and, uh, you know, make your way through the story. Matt Holly, myshowthing.com, regular, does the voices. Or the voice. The alone voice. It's a good show. I've written at least two stories, and we're actually moving into our second season here pretty soon, so it's worth checking out. That's my plug. Already said mine. Yuki, go do it. There's a playlist if you get confused, and the people in the comments are actually very helpful, so that's great. I like all the people in the comments. They've been, they are very helpful. Mm-hmm. They're good people. Mm-hmm. And you have killed a couple of them off. <laughs> yes, I didn't do that. <laughs> oh, no, that's not. You didn't. Bud didn't. It was someone else. Yeah. Something else. Yeah. Thus, it is a diegetically flawed alternate reality <laughs> game. Because we're talking about it now. <laughs> it's all very confusing. Oh, it, it can be. Well, anyway, go check those things out. And uh, thank you for listening to this one. We want to know what you guys think. Uh, go ahead and leave some comments. And if you really want to help the show out, I really want to put this out there. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a rating on iTunes for Midnight Marinara. It's it, this is primarily first and foremost a podcast, and if and podcasting is like shouting out into the void. And if God has abandoned us, don't you abandon me either? You don't know and, uh, how much that is nice to get a a comment or a like when you really worked hard on something. We and we're dicking, uh, we as we're, dick, we're dicking around on this, but. We put we put genuine effort into the other things we do, yes. and it's like, and we and here's the thing we we care about undercooked too. I mean, as to about the point where we actually sit down, set up a time, and try to put, you know put thought into a story here. But uh, it's it's one thirty three where I am, and I need to be at work at uh, seven in the morning. So that should tell you something, guys. Yep. <laughs> uh, so that being said, we should probably go ahead and wrap this up. But I just yeah uh, just. We, we appreciate any and all feedback. I love getting uh, emails from people and seeing, you know, I got one just recently that was very touching, talking, just not asking for anything, just uh, from a longtime fan um, who said how much uh, they love the show. And that, that was, that was, that, that made it all worthwhile. To me, that makes it all worthwhile as a creative. So thank you. And also Every fuck time. you. Bye. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BendUNetwork.com.